You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 51. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 51. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. Happy New Year. This is exciting now. We got through the hard work of the holidays. Last week was Christmas Eve. I was here. I'm going to be doing a podcast every other week. And so I skipped Christmas Eve. And now here we are, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, whenever you're listening to this. But it's very exciting for life coaches. The New Year's time is like the best because we love a fresh start. (laughs) I just opened up some new spots for one-on-one clients. I'm also going to be doing some group clients in 2020 or group coaching, I mean, and I'm going to try a virtual workshop. So I thought that sounded like fun. So we can collect and gather as a group. So got some plans underway for 2020 that I'm super excited about. And I hope to get to connect with you. I'm still going to be doing my Q&A format for the podcast. So please still write at me or record your questions for me. You can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my questions. And if you've got something specific, I would love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribing helps you not miss an episode, but it also helps other people find the podcast. And I've got a great interview coming up with Debbie Reber. So if you've got a differently wired kid, then you've got to know Debbie Reber. She's amazing. And I can't wait for her interview to come out. So make sure you're subscribed so you do not miss an episode. All right, today's question is about how to get my kids to calm down and listen to me. They're not what I say that doesn't seem to matter. That's what this mama has to say today. So I will read Haley's question. She writes, Dear Tori, I have four-year-old twins that are delightful most of the time. They are full of energy and love to chase each other around the house, wrestle with each other, scream, etc. The problem comes when I need them to calm down. It could be time for bed, or I'm on a phone call, or maybe their play is escalating to the point where someone's going to get hurt. I tell them to calm down, but nothing I say matters to them. I ask them to be quiet. I explain why they need to come upstairs and go to bed. I threaten to take away a privilege. Nothing I say seems to matter to them. Last weekend, I said, if you don't calm down, I'm going to walk out this door and leave you. They laughed at me and told me to go away. I'm devastated. When they get like this, it feels like they don't need me or want me around. How do I get my four-year-olds to calm down and listen to what I have to say? Haley. Well, the parent education answer to how do I get my kids to calm down is... Well, I'll give you the answer. It's just not going to be super helpful until we dive into the life coaching, which is why I like to include both things on this podcast, because so much of the time you'll look at a parenting book or you'll go online and you're like, how do I get my kids to calm down and they have helpful hints and tips and suggestions and they're all good. They just don't work unless your mind is in the right place. So here's what to do. 
First of all, let's start with the fact that your kids are having so much fun playing together that they don't want to stop is such a good problem to have. There are so many moms who wish that their kids ignored them because they're having so much fun playing together. Like, that's wonderful. But to answer the question, how do I get my four-year-olds to calm down and listen to what I have to say? Well, you need to think like a four-year-old. They are having a fabulous time with their sibling. Why would they give up something so exciting to do something boring, like calm down? Why would they want to listen to you? Like, if you read the question, you see what you said. Like, I asked them to come upstairs. I told them to be quiet. Like, a adult saying words is not nearly as much fun as a sibling chasing and running around screaming and laughing. They don't really have a motivation to listen to you. So if you can imagine, preschool teachers run into this problem all the time, right? How do they get their kids to calm down? The energy in a class of unsupervised four-year-olds is combustible, (laughs) or it could be. So how do teachers get kids to calm down enough to listen to them? Well, here are the top five tricks for preschool teachers. Number one, singing. Number two, playing music. Could be instruments or just turning on you know, the radio, Spotify, CDs, whatever. Physical movements, dance, clapping, stomping, things like that. Number four, puppets. And number five, whispering. When teachers start whispering, sometimes kids start listening. So teachers know that they have to create something fun and something interesting in order to get a kid's attention. If you really want to get your four-year-olds to calm down and listen to you, put some music on and start dancing around the house. Start singing. I always did the, uh, when I taught preschool, I always did head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, because then you get singing and movement and they just, you can watch them start to draw over. Once the kids have joined in with your fun, Then you can slowly wind them down with slower music, certain songs, or you can lead them into a game on the floor. So you can kind of meet them. The other thing I used to do was, (laughs) it's a song with clap hands loudly, clap hands loudly, and you clap really loud and it gets their attention because it's loud and it's clapping, but there's also singing. And then you clap hands very softly, clap hands very softly. And so you are managing their energy with your own by going really high and loud and then bringing it down and going quiet. So you can start off with singing, dancing, clapping, stomping something, and then bring them down to the rug, bring them down onto the floor, start whispering. You know, you I used to go to Waldorf schools and they were so fun to watch and they would put their ear to the carpet and they'd say, do you hear them? Do you hear the fire fairies? Can you hear them singing? They're in the carpet. They're in the rug. They're in the floorboards. Put your ear really low. And they would just draw the kids in with their intrigue. So there's so many ways you can get kids to calm down, but Not if you're thinking like an adult, right? If you're trying to bring them into your adult world and your adult mindset, it's probably not going to work so well. You could try whispering a secret into one of your kids' ears. You got twin four-year-olds. 
bring one over, whisper something in the air. And then the other child all of a sudden is going to want to know, what am I missing out on? And then you can whisper something silly into her ear and both kids will be calm and 30 seconds flat. So if you think like a four-year-old and you get creative and you use a little bit of imagination and you try puppets, dance, music, singing, whispering, they're going to calm down. You totally can manage the energy of your young children. But this is not going to work until you do some life coaching. So let's go into the life coaching answer. You've got this thought inside your head that says nothing I say matters. Well, this thought is toxic and it will keep you from implementing any tip or strategy. So think about it for a minute. If that were true, that nothing I say matters, that is an awful thing to say to somebody, a thing to think inside your head, a belief to have. As humans, we need to know that we matter, especially to the people that are closest to us. You might say to me, oh, Tori, I don't, I don't really think that nothing I say matters to my kids. Like, of course, I, I know I matter to my kids. But well, that thought is in your subconscious because it came out in the question. And we all have these. We all have these subconscious thoughts and beliefs that kind of drive our actions and control, kind of the, probably make you talk in a way that's very quiet and very meek. Come on, kids. Come upstairs. Be quiet. I'm on the phone. Settle down. When you communicate that way, of course, your kids are not going to listen to you. They're having way too much fun. Because we like to be right, see? So when we have an underlying belief, like nothing I say matters, then we feel dejected and we speak in a quiet, boring, self-defeated way that causes our kids to tune out and us to continue to believe the thought that nothing I say matters. So what we believe, whether conscious or unconscious, really drives the results that we get in our life and the results that we get from our kids. Children are sensitive to the energies that we put out. They like to follow adults who have calm, confident leadership energy. Well, right now, you are not talking to them from calm, confident leadership energy. You're saying, asking them to be quiet, settle down, you know, stop talking, go upstairs, but I can just hear it because that you're not in that leadership energy. In order to find this calm confidence, you've got to loosen the grip that this toxic belief has on you. And this is really what a lot of the work we do in life coaching is. Now, there's lots of different kinds of life coaches out there. Some will coach you on your actions. They'll be like the parent educator and they'll say, here's what you do and they'll help you know what to do, but it doesn't take you as far as you want to go. But if, because we haven't touched into that underlying belief, if you've got an underlying belief, like nothing I say matters, that is going to get in your way anytime you try to take a parenting, do a parenting strategy or, or take on a new tip. And so what I do as a life coach is we undo this thought, the toxic beliefs that we have about ourselves, that nothing I say matters, that nobody listens to me and nobody cares what I have to say, that, oh, the one I probably hear 100% of the time is I'm not doing enough. Like, are you kidding me? We are working our butts off. <laughs> we are taking care of kids. We are keeping the family together. We are running a house. We have the thought I'm not doing enough. 
That is exhausting. And we like to prove it right. So we always find more things to focus on that we have left to do. But in this case, for Haley, she's got this thought that nothing I say matters. And we just saw it in her initial question. So we've got to undo the grip that this thought has on her, or she's going to continue to just be self-defeated and dejected. As soon as we tell ourselves, however, to stop thinking something, suddenly it's all we can think about. So instead of just saying, okay, I'm not going to think that anymore. I'm not going to think that nothing I say matters. I'm going to leave everything I say matters. And this is my mantra. And I'm going to just tell myself every day that what I say matters. It doesn't always work. (laughs) The positive affirmations, you want to take that with a grain of salt. What's more helpful is to wiggle it, okay? So this thought is a well-myelinated synapse in her brain. She's probably thought it many, many times. And so we want to poke some holes in this theory that nothing I say matters, rather than just say, suppress it and deny it and say, I don't want to think about that anymore. I don't want to believe that anymore. So if you discover a toxic belief that you've got, like, I'm not doing enough, that you don't want to believe anymore, then ask yourself these questions. Are you absolutely sure that this thought is true? That not one word you have ever said to any of your children has ever mattered to them or to anybody else alive on the planet? (laughs) Of course not. Of course your words matter. Do a mother's words matter to her children? Absolutely. Like this is so easy to see that they do. Therapists have made careers out of helping people deal with the words that their mother said to them. So then we take a look at this thought, nothing I say matters. Is it kind? Would you ever say it to somebody else? Would you say it to your children? Would you give that to them as words of advice? Like, you know, nothing you say really matters. Would you say it to a friend, another mom? Of course not. This would be a terrible thing to say to somebody. It is a mean thought. And so it is not kind and it is not true. Then we ask, does this thought give you the results that you want? So if you've got the thought that I'm not doing enough, the results that it's giving you is a long to-do list that you never feel accomplished. You feel exhausted and you always feel slightly inadequate and that there's more work you should be doing. Those are the results. So you ask, do I like the results that this thought, nothing I say matters, is giving me in Haley's situation? Does it help her get attention and feel like she matters? So here's the thing. It might have at some point in her past, the thought that nothing I say matters, if she had told this to her mom, then, you know, and kind of nothing I say matters to you, mom, then maybe mom like sat down in a rocking chair and pulled her into her lap and rocked her and said, oh, honey, of course, what you say matters to me. If she had told her mom, like, I'm going to walk out of this house and leave and dad just rushes over, begs you to stay, please don't leave me. Like, she might have gotten rewarded for this thought in the past. Maybe she had a boyfriend who would threaten to leave if she ignored him and said, like, nothing I say matters. And so I'm just going to sit here and be quiet and give you the silent treatment. Then maybe that worked and it made him like fawn all over her and pay attention with flowers and apologies and tell him how much, you know, he means she means to him. Like We want to look at the results that this thought is giving you. So possibly 
it helped in the past that this thought gave you the results that you were looking for and you got rewarded for it. But now at this stage in your life, the thought nothing I say matters is not giving Haley the results that she wants with her kids because it's making them ignore her, not pay attention to her, laugh when she says I'm leaving the house. So it's not giving the results she wants. So what happens in the brain is that there's a thought, there's a myelinated synapse that says, I'm not good enough, nothing I say matters, nobody likes me, whatever. The brain is not thinking logically or scientifically or even honestly. It's just a random self-defeating thought. But then we think it. We think it again and again and again. And the synapse in the brain starts to myelinate and it starts to become a belief. We've thought this negative thought so many times that it feels true. Even if it's not true, it feels true just because we've thought it many times. The brain likes to be efficient. So when your children are ignoring you, your brain finds a convenient and efficient path to make sense of why. Why are they ignoring me? Well, because nothing I say matters. The brain doesn't find the most kind, most helpful or truthful path, just whatever's most efficient. This is why letting your brain run wild and crazy into any direction you want is not helpful. We really need to sit in the driver's seat of our brain and steer it where we want it to go. In order to wiggle a toxic thought, we need to make this synaptic connection less efficient, really. And we do this by pointing out all the ways in which it's illogical, unhelpful, mean, and misaligned with your goals and values. But we also need to discover its benefit. Why did you pick it up in the first place? How is it serving you? Once you see no reason to hold on to this belief, then we can make a better one and better thought right next to the original one. So you get to decide what you want to believe about yourself. Like imagine for a minute that you truly believe your words mattered to your children. Imagine that you have tremendous power to hurt or uplift your children. How do you think you might feel different? Do you think you might feel like empowered or important or valuable? If you're feeling important, valuable and empowered, how do you think you might act? What might you say? My hunch is that you would speak louder and clearer. If you said, I know that my words matter to my children. I know I can make my children listen to me anytime I want. I know I can get my kids to calm down. I have the strategy. I have the method. All I need to do is do it. Then you're feeling strong. You're feeling capable. You're empowered. Then you might get there. You might say the same words. You might say, hey, kids, time to go upstairs. Or you might whisper, hey, kids, I'm on the phone, so let's be really quiet and play the silent game. <laughs> or if they're really rowdy and running around, you might start being rowdy and running around too and singing and dancing and then slowly bringing them back to calm where you really want them to be. You would look them in the eye. If you're feeling empowered and that your words matter, you're more likely to put their, your hand on their shoulder Get them to face you, look them in the eye and communicate what you want to say to them in a way that helps them listen. Knowing that you have the power to hurt or uplift, you might be very careful with the words you choose to use and the energy behind them. 
If you were able to change your words, your voice tone, your eye contact, your body language in this way, what do you think the results might be? Do you think your children might be more inclined to listen to you? 100% because kids are wired to follow a calm, confident leader and those actions are what calm confidence looks like. Eye contact, a lower voice, articulating your words, putting your hand on their shoulder, getting them to look you in the eye, looking them in the eye, feeling empowered, feeling strong on the inside, knowing your words are valuable. It's going to create the results that you really, really want is to get your kids to calm down, get them to listen to you and to know that your voice and what you have to say matters so, so much. So today's super mom kryptonite, I call it abdicating the throne. So if you're not driving your car, (laughs) maybe you can close your eyes for a minute. Just close your eyes and imagine that you've got a chair inside the center of your head. Can you see it? Inside the middle of your head, it's like a room in there. Your eyes are like the windows and the chair is your throne. No one else has the right to sit inside the center of your head and dictate what you think and do with your life. Not even a life coach. I do not tell people what to think. But so many of us abdicate this throne to our children, our bosses, our husbands, our parents, our religions, or even society as a whole. We give the power over to other people to tell us what to think and what to do with our lives. So abdicate means to fail to fulfill one's duty or obligation. Super moms get so busy taking care of everyone else that we forget our obligation to govern our minds. We take responsibility for our actions, but we forget to declare dominion over our brains. And who takes over? Our kids, (laughs) Pinterest, you know, like this perfect picture of what a good parent is supposed to look like and do and wear. And it's just crazy how much we give up our power inside our own heads to decide to steer our brains in the direction we want them to go. So abdicating the throne in the center of our head makes us vulnerable to anyone with a strong will or opinion to take sovereignty over our lives. So if you TV commercials can get in there and tell you what you should feel good about and bad about, (laughs) you know, other people, our husbands can tell us like what a good mom looks like, but you might not even admire the way he was raised by his parents. And yet he's telling you how you should parent, right? So we've got to make sure that we have sovereignty over our lives, that we are not abdicating this throne inside our head. Because when we let our kids tell us how we're supposed to parent or a life coach, anybody who who thinks they know better than us, we're going to drain, it's going to drain our energy. We're going to feel like observers in our lives or like we're just going through the motions and or worse, victims, right? Like I have no power. I am helpless. I don't get to choose. It's my boss dictates my life. I have to be on call 24-7. And he decides 
the kind of parent I'm going to be because if he's nice to me, I'm in a good mood. And if he's mean to me, I'm in a bad mood. When we do that, we abdicate our own authority. It just creates so much exhaustion. So to boost your energy, super mamas, kick everyone out of the center of your head and declare dominion over your life. I mean, this is really what life coaching is so helpful for, is it really helps you create the life that you want because you're the one sitting inside the center of your head. And you learn the skill of how do I kick everybody out? Because <laughs> it's easier said than done, right? Uh, how do I do that? How do I kick everybody out? Stop listening. Stop caring what everybody else has to think. Stop giving away my power and my authority to other people and declare dominion over my life. Sit in the center of my head. How do I do that? That's what life coaching teaches you. And that's why it's a short term thing. Like it doesn't build a dependency like therapy sometimes can. And then you learn how to decide what thoughts to think about, what to focus on, what to believe about yourself. And make sure you're thinking good thoughts that make you feel good. How you feel is the most important thing because when you feel positive, when you feel empowered, valuable, important, compassionate, loving, you act better. You do you take the actions you want to take, which then gives you the results that you want in your life. And so how you feel is so, so important. Today's Supermom Power Boost is a little exercise from Martha Beck's book called The Joy Diet. And I just love this exercise. For an immediate boost of positive emotions Ask yourself, what do I love? Now, you can do this by yourself in a journal, but I also think it's really fun to do with your family, like sitting around the dinner table or, you know, anytime you gather with a group of friends, it's fun to like kind of bounce ideas off of each other. So the first thing you ask is, what do I love to look at? Well, for me, mountain lakes, sunsets on the beach, pine forests. I love looking at babies' faces, aspen trees blowing in the breeze, puppies, kittens. You can think specific or you can think broad. Just what do I love to look at? And then you go to the next one. What do I love the sound of? I love the sound of children laughing, like playing outside on the playground. I'm so lucky I can hear, I'm so close to an elementary school that I can hear them out at recess. And I love that background sound. I love a mountain stream. I love a crackling fire. Just laughing and pretty much anybody laughing, but babies laughing. Oh my gosh, right? I love the sound of silence where it's like almost deafening silence. Have you ever heard that? What do I love the smell of? Lemons, chocolate chip cookies, baking in the oven, pine trees, campfires. And you just start filling out your list. So I really think you should do this in your journal, but also do it with friends and family. And you just go through each of the five senses. What do I love the taste of? Fresh fish, prawns, really good yellow curry, croissants. Oh my goodness, a good latte. <gasps> So many choices, right? And so if you're sitting around the group, you it's so fun because you start to create this joyful energy. It starts to take over. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love 
lattes. Oh, and, and truffles and bunt cakes. And, you know, you just like, oh, yeah, that's wonderful, too. And you just start like feeding off of each other in this really joyful experience of sensory delights because your brain can differentiate between you experiencing it in your imagination and in real life like just thinking about a chocolate chip cookie the smell the taste like the warmth of it the texture just thinking about it I have the same reactions as I do if I'm actually you know in front of one so it's the your brain it's the same What do you love the texture of? What do you love to feel against your skin? Soft baby blankets, soft baby skin. Oh my gosh, like those chunky baby thighs. (gasps) Love it. Warmth from a fire or a warm breeze, a massage. Try it with your friends, try it with your family and see if it doesn't elevate the level of joy and enthusiasm in the conversation. Today's quote of the day, when you undervalue what you do, the world will undervalue who you are. Oprah Winfrey, the queen. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. I wish you a most wonderful 2020. Are you ready to make it your best year yet? I certainly hope so. I will look forward to spending more time with you in the new year. Thanks so much for being an awesome audience and great listeners. And I wish you a happy new year. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.